This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Twelfth Night, or What You Will, by William Shakespeare. Act Two, Scene One, The Sea Coast. Enter Antonio and Sebastian. Will you stay no longer? Nor will you not that I go with you? By our patience, no. My stars shine darkly over me. The malignancy of my fate might perhaps distemper yours. Therefore I shall crave of you your leave that I may bear my evils alone. It were a bad recompense for your love to lay any of them on you. Let me know of you whither you are bound. No, sooth, sir. My determinate voyage is mere extravagancy. But I perceive in you so excellent a touch of modesty that you will not extort from me what I am willing to keep in. Therefore it charges me in manners the rather to express myself. You must know of me then, Antonio. My name is Sebastian, which I called Rodrigo. My father was that Sebastian of Messalane, whom I know you have heard of. He left behind him myself and a sister, both born in an hour. If the heavens had been pleased, would we had so ended? But you, sir, altered that, for some hour before you took me from the breach of the sea, was my sister drowned. Alas, the day! A lady, sir, though it was said she much resembled me, was yet of many accounted beautiful. Though I could not, with such estimable wonder, overfar believe that, yet thus far I will boldly publish her. She bore a mind that envy could not but call fair. She is drowned already, sir, with salt water. Oh, I seem to drown her remembrance again with more. Pardon me, sir, your bad entertainment. Oh, good Antonio, forgive me your trouble. If you will not murder me for my love, let me be your servant. If you will not undo what you have done, that is, kill him whom you have recovered, desire it not. Fare you well at once. My bosom is full of kindness, and I am yet so near the manners of my mother that upon the least occasion more mine eyes will tell tales of me. I am bound to Count Orsino's court. Farewell. Exit. The gentleness of all the gods go with thee. I have many enemies in Orsino's court, else would I very shortly see thee there. But come what may, I adore thee so, that danger shall seem sport, and I will go. Exit. End of scene one. Scene two. A street. Enter Viola, Malvolio following. Were you not even now with the Countess Olivia? Even now, sir, on a moderate pace I have since arrived but hither. She returns this ring to you, sir. You might have saved me my pains to have taken it away yourself. She adds, moreover, that you should put your lord into a desperate assurance she will none of him. And one thing more, that you'd never be so hardy to come again in his affairs, unless it be to report your lord's taking of this. Receive it so. She took the ring of me? I'll none of it. Come, sir, you peevishly threw it to her, and her will is it should be so returned. If it be worth stooping for, there it lies in your eye. If not, 
be it his that finds it. Exit. I left no ring with her. What means this lady? Fortune forbid my outside have not charmed her. She made good view of me, indeed so much that methought her eyes had lost her tongue, for she did speak in starts distractedly. She loves me, sure. The cunning of her passion invites me in this churlish messenger. None of my lord's ring, why he sent her none. I am the man. If it be so as tis, poor lady, she were better love a dream. Disguise, I see thou art a wickedness, wherein the pregnant enemy does much. How easy is it for the proper force in women's waxen hearts to set their forms! Alas, our frailty is the cause, not we, for such as we are made of, such we be. How will this fadge? My master loves her dearly, and I, poor monster, fond as much on him, and she, mistaken, seems to dote on me. What will become of this? As I am man, my state is desperate for my master's love. As I am woman, now alas the day! What thriftless sigh shall poor Olivia breathe? O oh, time! Thou must untangle this, not I. It is too hard a knot for me, Tantai. Exit. End of scene two. Scene three. Olivia's house. Enter Sir Toby and Sir Andrew. Approach, Sir Andrew. Not to be abed after midnight is to be up betimes, and deluculo sugere, thou knowest. Nay, by my troth I know not, but I know to be up late is to be up late. A false conclusion. I hate it as an unfilled can. To be up after midnight, and to go to bed then, is early, so that to go to bed after midnight is to go to bed betimes. Does not our life consist of the four elements? Faith, so they say, but I think it rather consists of eating and drinking. Thou art a scholar. Let us therefore eat and drink. Marion, I say, a stout of wine. Enter Clown. Here comes the fool, i' faith. How now, my hearts? Did you never see the picture of we three? Welcome, ass. Now, let's have a catch. By my troth, the fool has an excellent breast. I had rather forty shillings I had such a leg and so sweet a breath to sing as the fool has. In sooth thou wast in very gracious fooling last night, when thou spokest of pigrogrometus of the Vapians, passing the equinoctial of Cubus. Twas very good, i'faith. I sent thee sixpence for thy leman, hadst? I did in petticost thy gratility. For Malvolio's nose is no whipstock. My lady has a white hand, and the Myrmidons are no bottle-ale-houses. Excellent! Why, this is the best fooling when all is done. Now a song. Come on, there's a sixpence for you. Let's have a song. There's a testril of me, too. If one night give Would you have a love song or a song of good life? A love song. A love song. Ay, ay, I cannot for good life. Oh, mistress mine, where are you roaming? Oh, stay and hear your true love's coming that can sing both high and low. Trip no further, pretty sweeting. Journey's end. 
in lovers meeting every wise man's son doth know excellent goody faith good good what is love tis not hereafter present mirth hath present laughter what's to come is still unsure in delay there lies no plenty then come kiss me sweet and twenty youth's stuff will not endure a mellifluous voice as i am true knight a contagious breath very sweet and contagious faith to hear by the noise it is a dulcet in contagion but shall we make the welkin dance instead shall we rouse the night owl in the catch that will draw these souls out of one weaver shall we do that and you love me let's do it i'm dogger to catch by our lady sir and some dogs will catch well most certain let our catch be thou knave hold thy peace thou knave knight shall i be constrained into the call thee knave knight tis not the first time i have constrained one to call me knave begin fool it begins hold thy peace i shall never begin if i hold my peace good de faith come begin hold thy peace hold thy peace thou hold knave. thy peace hold thy, thy peace, peace thou, knave. thou knave hold thy peace thou knave thou knave thou knave hold thy peace thou knave hold thy peace hold thy peace thou knave thou knave hold thy peace thou knave thou knave hold thou knave Hold thy peace, hold thy peace, Enter Maria. Thou What caterwauling do you keep here? If my lady have not called up her steward Malvolio and bid him turn you out of doors, never trust me. My lady's a Catean. We are politicians. Malvolio's a Pegaramsey, and three merry men we are. Am I not consanguous? Am I not of her blood, Tilly Villy, lady? There dwelt a man in Babylon, lady, lady. Beshrew me, the knight's in admirable fooling. Ay, he does well enough if he be disposed, and so do I too. He does it with a better grace, but I do it more natural. Oh, the twelfth day of December. For the love of God, peace. Enter Malvolio. My masters, are you mad, or what are you? Have you no wit, manners, nor honesty, but to gabble like tinkers at this time of night? Do you make an alehouse of my lady's house, that ye squeak out your cosier's catches without any mitigation or remorse of voice? Is there no respect of place, persons, nor time in you? <laughs> we... We did keep time, sir, in our catches. <laughs> Sneck up. Sir Toby, I must be round with you. My lady bade me tell you that though she harbours you as her kinsman, she's nothing allied to your disorders. If you can separate yourself and your misdemeanours, you are welcome to the house. If not... And it would please you to take leave of her. 
she is very willing to bid you farewell. Farewell, dear heart, since I must needs be gone. Nay, good Sir Toby, his eyes do show his days are almost done. Is't even so? But I will never die. Sir Toby, there you lie. This is much credit to you. Shall I bid him go? What, and if you do? Shall I bid him go and spare not? Oh, no, 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 you dare not. Out of tune, sir, ye lie. Art any more than a steward? Dost thou think because thou art virtuous, there shall be no more cakes and ale? Yes, by St. Anne, and ginger shall be hot into mouth, too. Thou art in a right. Go, sir, rub your chains with crumbs. A stout of wine, Maria. Mistress Mary, if you prized my lady's favour at anything more than contempt, you would not give means for this uncivil rule. She shall know of it. By this hand. Exit. Go shake your ears. Twere as good a deed as to drink when a man's a-hungry, to challenge him the field, and then to break promise with him and make a fool of him. Do it, knight. I'll write thee a challenge, or I'll deliver thy indignation to him by word of mouth. Sweet Sir Toby, be patient for to-night. Since the youth of the Counts was to-day with my lady, she is much out of quiet. For Monsieur Malvolio, let me alone with him. If I do not gull him into a nay-word and make him a common recreation, do not think I have wit enough to lie straight in my bed. I know I can do it. Possess us? Possess us. Tell us something of him. Marry, sir, sometimes he is a kind of Puritan. Oh, if I thought that, I'd beat him like a dog. What, for being a Puritan? Thy exquisite reason, dear knight? I have no exquisite reason for it, but I have reason good enough. The devil a Puritan that he is, or anything constantly but a time-pleaser, an affectioned ass, that cons state without book and utters it by great swarths, the best persuaded of himself, so crammed as he thinks with excellencies, that it is his grounds of faith that all who look on him love him and on that vice in him will my revenge find notable cause to work. What wilt thou do? I will drop in his way some obscure epistles of love, wherein by the color of his beard, the shape of his leg, the manner of his gait, the expression of his eye, forehead, and complexion, he shall find himself most feelingly personated. I can write very like my lady your niece— on a forgotten matter, we can hardly make distinction of our hands. Excellent. I smell a device. I haft in my nose, too. He shall think, by the letters thou wilt drop, that they come from my niece, and that she's in love with him. My purpose is indeed a horse of that color. And your horse now would make him an ass. Ass, I doubt not. Oh, twill be admirable. Sport royal, I warrant you. I know my physic will work with him. I will plant you two, and let the fool make a third, where he shall find the letter. Observe his construction of it. For this night, to bed, and dream on the event. Farewell. Exit. Good night, Pentathelia. Before me, she's a good wench. She's a beagle, true-bred, and one that adores me. 
"'What of that?' "'I was adored once, too.' "'Let's go to bed, knight. "'Thou hast need send for more money.' "'If I cannot recover your niece, I am a far way out.' "'Send for money, knight. "'If thou hast her not in the end, call me cut.' "'If I do not, never trust me. "'Take it how you will.' "'Come, come. "'I'll go burn some sack. "'Tis too late to go to bed now. "'Come, knight.' Come, night. Exeunt. End of scene three. Scene four. The Duke's Palace. Enter Duke, Viola, Curio, and others. Give me some music. Now good morrow, friends. Now good Cesario, but that piece of song, that old and antique song we heard last night, methought it did relieve my passion much. More than light airs and recollected terms of these most brisk and giddy-paced times. Come, but one verse. He is not here, so please your lordship, that should sing it. Who was it? Bestie, the jester, my lord, a fool that the Lady Olivia's father took much delight in. He is about the house. Seek him out, and play the tune the while. Exit Curio. Music plays. Come hither, boy. If ever thou shalt love, in the sweet pangs of it remember me, for such as I am, all true lovers are, unstayed and skittish in all motions else, save in the constant image of the creature that is beloved. How dost thou like this tune? It gives a very echo to the seat where love is throned. Thou dost speak masterly. My life upon it, young though thou art, thine eye hath stayed upon some favour that it loves. Hath it not, boy? A little by your favour. What kind of woman is it? Of your complexion. She is not worth thee, then. What years of faith? About your years, my lord. Too old by heaven. Let still the woman take an elder than herself. So wears she to him. So sways she level in her husband's heart. For, boy, however we do praise ourselves, our fancies are more giddy and unfirm, more longing, wavering, sooner lost and worn than women's are. I think it well, my lord. Then let thy love be younger than thyself. Or thy affection cannot hold the bent. For women are as roses, whose fair flower, being once displayed, doth fall that very hour. And so they are, alas that they are so, to die even when they to perfection grow. Re-enter Curio and Clown. O oh, fellow, come, the song we had last night. Mark it, Cesario, it is old and plain. The spinsters and the knitters in the sun, and the free maids that weave their thread with bones do used to chant it. It is silly, sooth, and dallies with the innocence of love, like the old age. Are you ready, sir? Aye, prithee, sing. Music. Come away, come away, death, and in sad cypress let me be laid. Fly away, fly away, breath, I am slain by a fair cruel maid. My shroud of white stuck all with you, oh, prepare it. My part of death, no one so true, did share it. Not a flower, not a flower, sweet, on my black coffin let there be strown. Not a friend, not a friend, greet. My poor corpse, where my bones shall be thrown, A thousand thousand sighs to save, 
lay me oh where sad true lover never find my grave to weep there there's for thy pains no pains sir i take pleasure in singing sir i'll pay thy pleasure then truly sir and pleasure will be paid one time or another give me now leave to leave thee now the melancholy god protect thee and the tailor make thy doublet of changeable taffeta for thy mind is a very opal i would have men of such constancy put to sea that their business might be everything and their intent everywhere for that's it that always makes a good voyage of nothing farewell exit let all the rest give place curio and attendants retire once more cesario Get thee to yon same sovereign cruelty. Tell her, my love, more noble than the world, prizes not quantity of dirty lands, the parts that fortune hath bestowed upon her, tell her I hold as giddily as fortune. But tis that miracle and queen of gems that nature pranks her in attracts my soul. But if she cannot love you, sir? I cannot so be answered. Sooth, but you must! Say that some lady, as perhaps there is, hath for your love as great a pang of heart as you have for Olivia. You cannot love her. You tell her so. Must she not then be answered? There is no woman's sides can bide the beating of so strong a passion as love doth give my heart. No woman's heart so big to hold so much. They lack retention. Alas, their love may be called appetite. No motion of the liver but the palate that suffers surfeit, cloyment, and revolt. But mine is all as hungry as the sea, and can digest as much. Make no compare between the love a woman can bear me, and that I owe Olivia. Ay, but I know. What dost thou know? Too well what love women to men may owe. In faith they are as true of heart as we. My father had a daughter loved a man, as it might be, perhaps, were I woman, I should your lordship. And what's her history? A blank, my lord. She never told her love. But let concealment, like a worm in the bud, feed on her damask cheek. She pined in thought, and with a green and yellow melancholy she sat, like patience on a monument, smiling at grief. Was not this love indeed? We men may say more, swear more, but indeed our shows are more than will. For still we prove much in our vows, but little in our love. But die thy sister of her love, my boy? I am all the daughters of my father's house, and all the brothers too, and yet I know not. Sir, shall I to this lady? Ay, that's the theme. To her in haste. Give her this jewel. Say, my love can give no place, bide no denay. Exeunt. End of scene four. Scene five. Olivia's Garden Enter Sir Toby, Sir Andrew, and Fabian. Come thy ways, Signor Fabian. Nay, I'll come. If I lose a scruple of this sport, let me be boiled to death with melancholy. Wouldst thou not be glad to have the niggardly, rascally sheep-biter come by some notable shame? I would exult, man. You know he brought me out of favor with my lady about a bear-baiting here. To anger him. We'll have the bear again, and we will fool him black and blue. Shall we not, Sir Andrew? And we do not, it is 
pity of our lives. Enter Maria. Here comes the little villain. How now, my metal of India? Get ye all three into the box-tree. Malvolio's coming down this walk. He has been yonder in the sun, practicing behavior to his own shadow this half-hour. Observe him for the love of mockery, for I know this letter will make a contemplative idiot of him. Close in the name of jesting. Lie thou there. Throws down a letter. For here comes the trout that must be caught with tickling. Exit. Enter Malvolio. It is but fortune. All is fortune. Maria once told me she did affect me, and I have heard her come thus near that, should she fancy it should be one of my complexion. Besides, she uses me with a more exalted respect than any one else that follows her. What should I think on't? Here's an overweening rogue. Oh, peace. Contemplation makes a rare turkey-cock of him. Ah, he jets under his advanced plumes. Slight, I could so beat the rogue. Peace, I say. To be Count Malvolio. Ah, rogue. Pistol him, pistol him. Peace, peace. There is example for't. The lady of the strachey married the yeoman of the wardrobe. Fie on him, Jezebel. Oh, peace. Now he's deeply in. Look how imagination blows him. Having been three months married to her, sitting in my state. Oh, for a stone-bow to hit him in the eye. Calling my officers about me in my branched velvet gown. Having come from a day-bed where I have left Olivia sleeping. Fire and brimstone. Oh, peace, peace. And then to have the humour of state, and after a demure travel of regard, telling them, I know my place as I would they should do theirs, to ask for my kinsman, Toby. Bolts and shackles. Oh, peace, peace, peace. Now, now. Seven of my people, with an obedient start, make out for him. I frown the while, and perchance wind up my watch, or play with my, mm, some rich jewel. Toby approaches, curtsies, there to me. Shall this fellow live? Though our silence be drawn from us with cars, yet peace. I extend my hand to him, thus, quenching my familiar smile, with an austere regard of control. And does not Toby take thee a blow of the lips, then? Saying, Cousin Toby, my fortunes having cast me on your niece. Give me this prerogative of speech. What? What? You must amend your drunkenness. Out, scab. Nay, patience, or we break the sinews of our plot. Besides, you waste the treasure of your time with a foolish knight. That's me. I warrant you. 
one Sir Andrew. I knew to thy, for many do call me fool. Oh, what employment have we here? Taking up the letter. Now is the woodcock near the gin. Oh, peace, and the spirit of humours intimate reading aloud to him. By my life, this is my lady's hand. These be her very C's, her U's, and her T's. And thus makes she her great P's. It is, in contempt of question, her hand. Her C's, her U's, and her T's? Why that? Reads. To the unknown beloved, this, and my good wishes, her very phrases, by your leave, wax, soft, and the impressure her Lucrece, with which she uses to seal, tis my lady. To whom should this be? This wins him, liver and all. Reads. Jove knows I love, but who? Lips do not move. No man must know. No man must know? What follows? The number's altered. No man must know. If this should be thee, Mavolio? Marry, hang thee, Brock. Reads. I may command where I adore, but silence, like a Lucrece knife, with bloodless stroke my heart doth gore. M-O-A-I doth sway my life. A Fustrian riddle. Excellent wench, say I. M-O-A-I doth sway my life. Nay, but first, let me see, let me see, let me see. What dish of poison has she dressed him? And with what wing the staniel cheeks at it? I may command where I adore. Why, she may command me. I, I serve her, she is my lady. This is evident to any formal capacity. There's no obstruction in this. In the end, what should that alphabetical position portend? If I could make that resemble something in me, softly, M-O-A-I. Ah, ah, make up that. He is now at a cold scent. Salter will cry upon for all this, though it be as rank as a fox. M. Malvolio. M. Why, that begins my name. Did I not say he would work it out? The cur is excellent at faults. M. Mm. There is no consonancy in the sequel that suffers under probation. A should follow, but O does. And O shall end, I hope. Aye, or I'll cudgel him and make him cry O. And then I comes behind. Aye, and you had any eye behind you, you might see more detraction at your heels than fortunes before you. M-O-A-I. The simulation is not as the former, and yet to crush this a little, it would bow to me, for every one of these letters are in my name. Oh, soft, here follows prose. Reads. If this fall into thy hand, revolve. In my stars I am above thee, 
But be not afraid of greatness. Some are born great, some achieve greatness, and some have greatness thrust upon them. Thy fates open their hands. Let thy blood and spirit embrace them, and to inure thyself to what thou art like to be, cast thy humble slow and appear fresh. Be opposite with a kinsman, surly with servants. Let thy tongue tang arguments of state. Put thyself into the trick of singularity. She thus advises thee that sighs for thee. Remember who commended thy yellow stockings, and wish to see thee ever cross-guarded? I say remember. Go to thou art made if thou desirest to be so. If not, let me see thee a steward still, the fellow of servants, and not worthy to touch fortune's fingers. Farewell, she that would alter services with thee, the fortunate unhappy. <gasps> Daylight and champagne discovers not more. This is open. I will be proud. I will read politic authors. I will baffle Sir Toby. I will wash off gross acquaintance. I will be point device the very man. I do not now fool myself to let imagination jade me, for every reason excites to this that my lady loves me. She did commend my yellow stockings of late, and she did praise my leg being cross-guarded. And in this she manifests herself to my love, and with a kind of injunction drives me to these habits of her liking. I thank my stars, I am happy. I will be strange, stout in yellow stockings, and cross-gartered, even with the swiftness of putting on. Jove, and my stars be praised. Oh, oh here's yet a postscript. Reads. Thou canst not choose, but know who I am. If thou entertainst my love, let it appear in thy smiling. Thy smiles become thee well. Therefore in my presence still smile. Dear my sweet, I prithee. <gasps> oh, Jove, I thank thee. I will smile. I will do everything that thou wilt have me. Exit. I will not give my part of this sport for a pension of thousands to be paid from the Sophie. I could marry the wench with this device. So could I, too. And ask no other dowry with her but such another jest. Nor I neither. Here comes my noble gull-catcher. Re-enter Maria. Wilt thou set thy foot on my neck? Or am I neither? Shall I play my freedom at tray-trip, and become the bond-slave? If faith, or I either. Why, thou hast put him in such a dream, that when the image of it leaves him, he must run mad. Nay, but say true, does it work on him? Like Aquavito with a midwife. If you will then see the fruits of the sport, mark his first approach before my lady. He will come to her in yellow stockings, and tis a color she abhors, and cross-guarded, a fashion she detests, 
and he will smile upon her, which will now be so unsuitable to her disposition, being addicted to a melancholy as she is, that it cannot but turn him into a notable contempt. If you will see it, follow me. To the gates of Tartar, thou most excellent devil of wit. I'll make one, too. Exeunt. End of scene five. End of act two.